I prayed them the word go forth. And I wish you did about the podcast too. But have your way even in their lives. Father, I pray that the word would hit them too. I don't even know who's listening to it. There's a whole bunch of people. I don't know if it's one person or, or 10,000. I don't know who's doing it. But let it find its way into somebody's heart. And I just pray that you're with us. So that's my prayer. There's so much to pray about. Don't forget everybody on the prayer list, uh, all the different families. And uh, we'll mention them some more in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're still talking about we're still talking about crossing over, and uh, and we're here in Joshua chapter five, and I'm telling you this is a very very important place for each and every one of us. It's it's that place that's been promised to us, and I don't know what the Lord has been talking to you about in your private life because we have to have a private life. We have to have a personal relationship with the Lord. Okay, it's what we do in our private time. Okay, we come together. Um, as a group, you know, we're only coming together for what, a couple of hours, maybe, maybe an hour and a half. We come together to huddle up. Okay. But it, we spend more time in our private life, y'all, than we do in our public. Okay. So we've got to make sure that we're doing necessary, necessary things in our private life to see the blessings come forward. Jesus said, you know, when you pray, don't be like the people out here wanting to be seen. He said, go into your prayer closet, get off by yourself and begin to pray. And, um, and that relationship that we have with the Lord will continue to grow and develop. And you'll start seeing the things that you're talking about in your prayer closet. You'll see God start to manifest them publicly. All right. So we want to have that personal relationship. So chapter five, it begins to read and it says, and it came to pass when all the kings of the Amorites, were, which were on the side of the Jordan westward, and all the kings of the Canaanites, which were by the sea, heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan from before the children of Israel until we were passed over, that their heart melted, neither was their spirit in them any more because of the children of Israel. At that time, the Lord said unto Joshua, Make these sharp knives and circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. And Joshua made him sharp knives and circumcised the children of Israel at the hill of the foreskins. And this is the cause why Joshua did circumcise. All the people that came out of Egypt uh, that were males, all the men of war died in the wilderness by the way after they came out of Egypt. Now all the people that came out were circumcised, but all the people born in the wilderness by the way as they came forth out of Egypt they had not circumcised for the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people uh, men of war which came out of Egypt were consumed because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord unto whom the Lord swear that he would not show them the land which the Lord swear unto their fathers that he would give us a land that floweth with milk and honey and their children he raised up in their stead them Joshua circumcised for they were uncircumcised because they had not circumcised them by the way. And it came to pass when they had done circumcising all the people that they abode or they rested in their places in the camp till they were whole. And the Lord said unto Joshua, this day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off of you. Wherefore the name of the place is called Gilgal unto this day so there's a lot in here and i'm gonna cover this the next couple of weeks and go just a little bit deeper into joshua but it's very 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 important for us to come out of our wilderness um, experience and sometimes you know when you're saved or sometimes you get to that place and i, I talked with us about us before where it feels like you're wandering you know it feels like you're just kind of you know you're just having church you know, we're just going to church, you know, we're doing what we're doing. And kind of like we lost that zeal that we had at the beginning. You know, it just becomes like a job. It becomes like a chore. You know, uh, we're going, but what is really happening in our life? We don't see um, any type of real progress in us. Sometimes the people, the places, and the things are still the same. You know, we still got the issues sometimes that we had. You know, the Lord hasn't taken out the substance abuse out of our life. Uh, the Lord hasn't changed our mind um, about fornication or adultery. You know, the Lord hasn't changed our mind about um, coveting our neighbor's stuff, stealing or anything. The Lord hasn't changed anything. We don't honor our parents. We're going to church every week. 
We're going there for Bible study and different things like that. But we have not made the connection yet that there has to be a crossing over in our life to where we die to ourself, okay? So that's what this whole thing is about. When it starts to talk about how um, the, the, the parents of these children, these are children that were born in the wilderness. They were born to parents that were going to church every day. They grew up in church. They grew up understanding um, the principles of the Lord and what God is asking from us. And maybe the children of Israel just really didn't get it. Remember, they, they murmured, they complained, they fussed, they fought, they disobeyed, they made golden calves. They did a whole bunch of stuff. These are the men and the women that God took out of Egypt where they saw miraculous signs and wonders that you and I wish we could see today. We wish we could see um, just a little pond out here divide itself <laughs> and we walk across on dry land. If that happened, I'm telling you right now, would that change your mind? Would it change your mind? I'm telling you, when, when Jesus was teaching and he said, even if one was raised from the dead, it wouldn't change nobody's mind. Because sin and, and, and the nature of man, as long as it's ruling our life, it don't give two cents what God says. But coming to church and, and, and being the same type of individual and looking for the blessings, it just, it just it don't, it don't work that way. You know, you can't put new wine in what? So why would God sit there and just, you know, he's putting his Holy Spirit in our lives to turn us. Remember when they came into the, uh, the wilderness, it was the pillar of fire and the pillar of smoke that was leading them and guiding them. And even though supernaturally they could see God's hand right there, they still complained and murmured and, and, and did what they had to do. They just, it just they wouldn't change. So God says, because you won't change, because you won't change, because you won't hearken unto my voice. That's the reason for the covenant in Exodus chapter 19. Uh, Moses said, God came out to prove you to show you what's in your heart. And a lot of times when we're going to church and this word of God is hitting us and, and the Holy Spirit is talking to us, we have to begin to not only take a look at our lives uh, from our own point of view, just really taking a look at it. Like James says, looking into the perfect law of liberty. Take a look and see where we're at according to the book. And if we see areas in the book where we're not aligning up with God, then it's time for a change. And the only way a change sometimes has to come is we got to die to ourselves. We have to figure it out. We got to figure out what God wants. We have to figure out what he's asking us to do. Jesus, remember, how many times have we heard, if you love me, keep what? My commandments. The same commandments back here in Exodus chapter 19, the ones that go into Exodus chapter 20, he says, if you just keep my commandments. But oftentimes we find ourselves still doing the things that we've always done and they're embarrassing so we gotta you know we gotta put our masks on or we gotta say well, I don't care don't judge me even though the word of God is judging us when we begin to look at the last book we begin to look at Deuteronomy uh, chapter 28 and Deut Deuteronomy chapter 28 I'm just going to read a little bit of of what Moses is talking about to the children of Israel about it. And I know we went over this before, and I, I tell you all the time, the Bible is a repetitious book because I believe that there are layers to us. And I believe that God's word, the more, you know, he's washing us. He's washing us. I remember me and Thomas were trying to get the smoke off the brick over here on the fireplace. I don't know if Thomas remembers that, but we tried scrubbing. We tried acetone. We tried a whole bunch of different things, you know? So, what we had to do is we needed to cover it. <laughs> Sometimes we just gave up because we wanted that pretty brick to come back. But, you know, we said, that's it. We're going to cover this. And sometimes the Lord says, you know what, man, I'm trying to get this sin out. I'm just going to have to cover it because ain't nobody going to make it. If I don't come down here and die and cover this, it just ain't going to work. It ain't going to look the way it's supposed to look. So the Lord comes down and covers it. But when you start to really listen to Deuteronomy chapter 28, the, all these people are saved. They were baptized into Moses. They got God in their heart. The Holy Spirit is leading them, okay, through the wilderness, just like he leads us. And Moses says, 
And it shall come to pass, Deuteronomy 28.1, if you will hearken diligently, not just on Sunday. There's something about you come to a place in your life where you diligently begin to, when you, you, you listen to the scriptures and you begin to act upon the scriptures. Okay? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. If you were not honoring your father and mother, you begin to hearken to the word of God. Something about the Holy Spirit. He touches your heart in that area and you say, you know what? Regardless, I am going to honor my father and mother. I'm not going to steal. I'm not going to bear false witness. I'm not going to commit adultery. I'm not going to do these things. And the Lord says because of the relationship that he has with us corporately, but most of all individually. I was talking to somebody the other day. The Psalms 1 says blessed is the what? Man, not men. Men, M-E-N is plural. M-A-N is singular. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Do you understand that? It's an individual thing. So individually, you can get yours. I don't care what family you're a part of. I don't care what community you're a part of. I don't care what the government says. I don't care what nobody says on planet Earth. You may have some people over here telling you that we just crabs in the bucket. I don't care. You ain't no crab. If you want to get out, God will bring you out. Individually. If you will hearken unto his voice and begin to do what the Lord is asking you to do, you're going to come. He's going to bring you to the River Jordan. But it's got to be in your heart. So Deuteronomy chapter 28 says, If you will hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord God to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee uh, on high above all nations or nationalities of the earth stop right there sometimes people of color have a problem with people with no color and think you can't get ahead or you can't do this and that because of the color of your skin people tell us that all the time on the on the tv or you know this color on color crime you know what do we got to do turn the television off open up you open up the word of god which will not lie. God is not a man that he will lie. So everything that you read in here is called truth. Jesus says he's what? The way? Genesis, you know what I'm saying, told us that he took, put an angel there, turned it every, every which way to guard the way. And then he said, I am the truth. This word right here is truth. And then he says, I'm the tree of life. He says, if you eat this, he said, man, you will not see death. You will live. He said, the, listen, he said, he told me, he said, your father, my father did not give you the true bread from heaven. He says, I'm the true bread from heaven. He said, you better eat on me. You better eat on this word. That's what John reveals to us, that he's the logos. He's the living word. He's the word made flesh. He said, you better eat this word. And verse two says, and all the blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if you shall hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. The problem with the brothers and sisters when they came into the wilderness, they didn't want to hear nothing God had to say. And I'm telling you right now, we still got people that are professional churchgoers. Go to church every week, go to Bible study every week, can quote scripture. But they have not moved further than the first <laughs> month or year since they've been in church. They know all the gospel songs, can sing it. Know all the dance steps when the church, when the organs start getting right. But when we start to take a look at their life, we start to take a look at our own life. Those, I'm telling you, there's some people are challenging themselves to get better. Because they read the scripture. They already know that they're saved. Can't take salvation from somebody because salvation is by faith. It's not by works. It's the works come after faith. That's what the Bible says. By faith, they put blood on the doorpost. And by faith, they went out of Egypt. And by faith, Moses prayed to God and the Red Sea departed. By faith, they walked over on dry land. By faith, they came to the mountain and told the Lord when he spoke, yes, we shall. We will do it. The same things that we say. But God is saying, listen, man, if you cannot do what I say, 
How am I going to bless you? This little covenant at the end of, of Deuteronomy chapter 28, when it says here in verse 2, all these blessings, you will hearken unto the Lord's voice. That's all the scriptures that God has given you and I. You examine your own self. I have to examine myself. And people say, well, you ain't going to be perfect, Mark. I read the scripture. He says, walk before me and be thou what? Perfect. He said, choose ye this day whom you will serve. Will you serve God or man? Are you going to, when the lottery comes up, are you going secretly to play the lottery because you know the scripture? That you should not trust in uncertain riches? You out there gambling, making, trying to make moves, trying to come up? Is that the way you're going to do it? Is that how the scripture tells you that you're going to come up? The scripture right here says that if you will hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, all the blessings that God is talking to us about will come upon us and overtake us. You, have you ever played football when somebody, you think you got it clear, you're running, and somebody tackles you from behind and you never, you never saw him? I was watching a basketball game. The man thought he had a wide open layup. Next thing you know, you see LeBron James come out on the screen and block a man's shot. You're like, where did he come from? Uh, you, ever, you ever see that? You ever be walking on ice and next thing you know, you, you're looking up at the sky? It just happened. There's nothing you can do about it. it. Happens all the time. God says if we would hearken unto his voice, he wrote it all down for you and I just in case that you missed something. You got all, you got all, you, all the rewinders right here. All we have to do is go back and he explains to you and I how to move around. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And when we begin to take that literally, when we hearken to his voice literally, wherever I'm at and wherever you are at in our life, it's very, very important. We've already crossed the Red Sea. It is very, very important for us to cross the River Jordan. Okay, now when we go over here to Deuteronomy uh, chapter 28 and verse 15, it says, but if it, it shall come to pass, if you will not hearken unto my voice, okay, to observe to do all the commandments and statutes which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and what? Overtake thee. Who is he talking to? Is he talking to some people that are not believers? Or is he talking to a group of believers? Is he in church or is he outside of church talking to people at Walmart? Where is he at? Because everybody that he's talking to here was baptized into Moses the same way Sister Sheila was testifying today about her baptism. Where did you get baptized at, Sheila? Were you in Walmart and they had a bucket and we, next thing you know we got her baptized? Or was she in church? Was she, you know what I'm saying, at the cross, at the cross, when I first saw the light and the burdens of my soul, what, rode away? So where was you at when you got saved? Where were you at when you got saved and made a decision to be baptized, just like the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt, they were baptized in the Moses, they crossed through the Red Sea, and they wandered for 40. Sometimes that's as far as we get is the Red Sea crossing, and now we're out there wandering in the wilderness, and we refuse to do what God is asking us to do. Well, I don't, I'm not refusing, Brother Mark. I'm not, it's, not, it's not that, but you know, it's hard out here for a pimp. Well, why are you still a pimp? Won't you give up pimping? Won't you give up OPP? It, it, whatever it is that you want, there's a remedy in the scriptures in order to get it. It just says what God says do. That's all it says. And it challenges me. And I know if you're reading this book, I know it challenges you. How are you going to get something you can't honor your father and mother? How can you get something if you can't be respectful to teachers in school? How are you going to, how, how are you going to get something if you can't uh, respect another individual? How are you going to get something if you, if, if you hate your enemies? How are you going to get something if you can't forgive? How is all that going to work when we're reading the book and he says, I'm asking you to do this. This is what I'm asking you to do. This is what is required of you. I want you to come out from among them and be thou separate. I want to, God says, I want somebody who's a peculiar person who reads my word and then begins to walk it out. We need, we, need a, we need a church, and we need to spend an hour doing Simon Says and see how many people can make it to the front. Simon Says is a game that, you know, people, the person say, okay, you got to do such and such, you know. Simon Says, you know, run, you know, but you don't want to run because you think Simon's playing with you. But, you know, if you run, if you do just do what the word says, you got to think about, it. okay, he says, skip three times. I'm going to skip three times. You see every season. No, you didn't skip. You were running. You're out. 
But us as believers, we're listening to what God has to say, and it's an open book test. He is not testing us with stuff that we don't know. He gives us the book, and he says, as Simon says, just do what I ask you to do. But we end up doing what we want to do. And it's not going to work. So all the promises that he's talking to us about, all the promises that the Lord is talking to us about that we want to see happen in our life, sometimes is connected to our obedience. And our obedience to him is better than the sacrifices. So in verse 3 of Joshua chapter 5, the crossing of the Jordan, just crossing over, just crossing over wasn't just it. The priest, the man or woman of God that, that you're listening to, says, hey, we crossing over, y'all. We going over to the other side. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will speak to you individually and say, we got to cross this other river. What are you talking about? I'm telling you that he's going to ask you to give everything up. If, well, you know, when the, when the rich man came to Jesus and he said, uh, Lord, all the commandments you've been asking me to do, I've done all of them. And Jesus looked at him and said, you know what? Surely you have. But this one thing I'm going to ask you to do, empty your bank account and give it to everybody in need and come and follow me. And that hit him in the heart. Like God has a way of exposing what we really enjoy. He has a way when we come to church and we listen to the word, he has a way of bringing to our mind the stuff that we really into that nobody sees. Because this young man right here, if he was doing all that he said he was doing, people say, yo, man, Billy, man, he good people, baby. But they were standing there, and, and, and here he comes to Jesus, and he says, man, Jesus, they said, Billy going to make it in, man. Billy going to be, he going to be one of the disciples because Billy good people. Shoot, I can, give, I can give Billy my wallet. Billy put money in the wallet. He ain't going to take none of that. That's Billy right there, baby. But when they saw the Lord hit him with a right hook and Billy fall, they said, you know, I ain't going to ask Jesus nothing because <laughs> he shut Billy down because he revealed what was in Billy's heart. But when you come to the Jordan River, you got to be prepared to let it all go. He has to be your God. We have to depend on him. We have to know in our heart, Lord, unless you build this house, we labor in vain. We have to know that, Lord Father, that you know what, man? Everything belongs to you. Everything that we see, our family, our friends, our goals, and our dreams. I don't care about American Idol. They can't do nothing for me. God, you run everything. Promotion comes from you. Everything comes from you. Peace, happiness, everything is in you. So Joshua says, hey, man, and you can see it when you go to the New Testament or the Brit Hadashah, whichever way you want to call it, where was John the Baptist baptizing in the Jordan River. Jesus did not go to the Red Sea to get baptized. He came to the Jordan River to what? To be baptized. John says, hey, man, I see you pimping. You're at the Jordan. Yeah, I'm at the Jordan. I've been, I'm done with the Red Sea. I'm done with the Red Sea. Jesus, in order for him to go forward, he had to do everything exactly the way the Father wanted him to do it and even going to the cross for you and I. Do you hear me? So when he tells you and I, take up your cross and follow me, it's very important. You have to be willing to give it all up. There's a way that seemeth right unto us in our heart, but the end is destruction. So we look at verse 3 of Joshua chapter 5, and Joshua circumcises what they call the children. Now, some of these children are old heads, you know. He's calling them children because Joshua's, what, about 80 years old? <laughs> Joshua's 80 years old. So these 40-year-old, 30- and 40-year-old men, he's like, get those children over there. And they look like, who children are you talking about, boy? We're about 30 and 40 years old. All right? And he said it's important for us to have a circumcised heart. Remember Moses talked about that to the people. 
we have to have a circumcised heart. You and I have to know right from wrong. We have to make the decision that Joseph made. Remember Joseph told Potiphar's wife, I can't do this. I can't do that to Potiphar, and how can I do that to my God? It's one thing for me to put God you know, on the back burner because I'm like, maybe I could pretend in my mind he doesn't really see me. But what about you? What if you got something uh, in your purse, in your car, and I see it and I covet it and I take it, all right? What if you got a fine wife or a fine husband and somebody covets them and wants to be up in their face smiling every week at church? At church. Not at, at church. They up in, you know what I'm saying? What is that? And the Lord, we know in our heart, the word of God would tell us that's, that's not the way. That, that ain't the way. But Joshua said this is the reason why everybody needs to be circumcised. Because when we were in the wilderness, wandering around, trying to figure it all out, we didn't have a circumcised heart for our God. We would tell people, I'll pray for you, but we went home and never prayed for them. We just used all the church cliche, the same way people do out here in the street. Bless you, baby. They don't go to church. Listen, two minutes, two minutes before that, they were cussing somebody out. The next minute they see you in the store, bless you, baby. God going to bless you. Listen, they don't even go to church, and they in their, they in their car singing, never would have made it, while they sipping on 40s. You know, I love this song. This song reminds me of the Lord right here. Have no relationship with God. Smoking, drinking, never would have made it. Like you ain't making it now. <laughs> like you act like you done crossed over or something. They singing songs like they crossed over. I don't know, maybe the song was made for them. I don't know. But to me and whatnot, you never would have made it because in your mind, you know, everything comes through God. But if we ain't serving the Lord, that song is like, it's testifying against us. Because we, you know, when, it, when you're in trouble, we put these hands up. When we're in trouble, we use our mouth and cuss folks out. If we don't have it, we like what we have, but we don't have the money, we take it. We ain't living right. But we want to sing the song, never would have made it. And they be singing it. They sing it too, boy. They sing it like with conviction. And I'm looking at them like, you know, I don't want to judge nobody, but I ain't never seen them in church. And they sing it better when they half inebriated. The drunker they are, boy, the, the, they sound good, don't they? They drunk, and they just singing a song. So I can't say nothing. I, got, I don't know if, if it's Noah or not. You know, Noah, got, <laughs> Noah was singing it too one time. <laughs> Never would have made it. While well, he was in his tent, a little fired up. Y'all, y'all don't read. Let me leave Noah alone because I'm about to run into him one day, and I don't want to, you know, hear his mouth. You know, I, I didn't write the book, you know, so I don't know why he would come at me anyway. You Noah, know go on your other side over there. Don't start nothing over here, you know. But hopefully, in glory, we ain't throwing blows. <laughs> hopefully, in glory, ain't nobody getting sucker punched. You know what I'm saying? On their way before before the throne, you just get punched in the face. I heard what you said. I heard what you said. Noah, you know what? No, you can get some of this. You ain't, we can go to the ark right now. I'm going to tell you right now, the Lord shut us in, too. But I'm going to make my way out. Noah ain't going to make his way out. But anyway, let me stop clowning and whatnot. But a circumcised heart. I run into Noah. I'm telling you, Noah going, never mind, we in glory. But, uh, but a circumcised heart. All the people that came out of Egypt, all the males, all the men of war, the ones that were going to go fight. You keep thinking that you out here to, to come up and get the bling and arrive with the 24s on your car. He says all the men of war that God is about to use to go fight. Now today, thank God for Sunday school, we saw that he used what, Aquila and what, Priscilla? So ladies, you ain't left out. Okay? The upper room, it wasn't just men up in the upper room. It says disciples were up in there. He had male and female disciples, okay? But it's imperative for you and I to go out here. We can't look, look, we can't look at it as a physical fight, but this is a spiritual fight. Do you understand that? If the harvest is already white, the laborers, he's looking for men, male or female. If the government has female soldiers now, God been had female soldiers, all right? But it's time for us to go to war. There comes a time in our life where our testimony has to line up with our actions and that's hard when our test when, when what is coming out of our mouth 
lines up with what we believe in our heart and what we do privately. Because we can always put on a show in front of people all the time because we know the right words to say. But when you could ask the Lord, say, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing unto you and God backs you up. That's the place where I desire to be and I know it's the place that you desire to be. Okay? That's, that's the only place that we can be at. And you don't want fake friends and God don't want fake disciples. So if you're out here in the world talking about I need somebody that's real, God is like, hey, me too. I want, God's like, I want somebody real with me and I'll be real with them. Okay? Those are things that, listen, whatever we want, don't act like our Heavenly Father doesn't want the same thing. Okay? It says, now all the people that came out were circumcised, but all the people born in the wilderness, okay, they were not circumcised. So the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people, the men of war which came out of Egypt, were consumed because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord, unto whom the Lord swore that he would not show them the land which the Lord swore unto their fathers that he would give us a land that floweth with milk and honey. They had the same, you got to get this thing. You gotta, if you don't hear nothing else, he made promises to the children of Israel and the parents did not see the promised land. They didn't see it. They did not see nothing. The same thing, same God, same group of people. Here we are today. And we want the blessings that we read about. Are we going to make the effort to get them? Well, I, I thought all I had to do was just call on his name. And then regardless of how I'm living, I get what I want. No, that's not in the book. Once you get in, there's a covenant. There's some conditions. Hey, I just thought if I married you, like, you know, that I can put on the ring and, you know, during the holidays I can say we married, but during the rest of the time I can keep living my life. And your significant other is like, mm, that ain't going to work for me. Let's my mom sign these divorce papers right now. Why are you acting like that? And we bring that same mentality in with God and say, and I'm just keeping it real simple for you. And we say, you know what, I want to do that with you too, Lord. I want to I wanna call your name on Sunday, but Monday, I'm just going to do what I want to do. I want to still hang with my friends. I still want to cuss. I still want to drink. I still want to fight people and all that. But then when Sunday come back around, you know what I'm saying, I want to be the first to read on Sunday. Just Sheila calling on me, and I'm going to get all the answers right. But then Monday, I'm going to go out here and live any which way I want to live. So now the church can bring in anybody they want to bring in. Now we can have anybody in church nowadays. Where before you had to have some type of relationship with God. But now I look at churches today, anybody's up in there. And I'm wondering why, because they got this, they, there's a message going around that once you cross the Red Sea, it's all good. But these people crossed the Red Sea, they didn't want to obey God at all. So God says all the promises that we have with each other, you know, for better, for worse, through thick and thin, forsaken all others, do I give myself under thee? He said, I threw that out a while back. He said, I'm going to get me somebody new. That's what the Lord did. So he saw the young people. He said, you know what? Your parents didn't love me, so I divorced them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I, I kind of like you. You kind of listened to me a little bit. Yeah, I couldn't stand your mama. I couldn't stand your daddy either. But I really, really like you. Hey, you think we can have a little covenant together? I got a little ring. Take the ring off your dead parents' hand and put it on yours. And uh, let's go do this thing. I think you'll actually treat me better than they did. These are people that crossed over the Red Sea as, 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 as plain as I can put it. My last husband, my last wife, you know, saying they played the fool. I come home, they had a golden man in the room. They had a golden woman in there. Cussed me out every week. But I think I think I can make it with you. I think I can make it with you. Can the Lord make it with you? Can we honor God the way that he's asking us to? I know you might lose some friends or some family members, but but is God more important than the, than the, the people, places, and things? 
God who is first in my life. Is he really first in your life? Is he really first in your life? Will you not cheat on him like your parents did? That's the question. So all these children, they came over and they said, man, we ain't doing that. So you know what? They got that circumcised heart. They, 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 and you know what? If nobody kept Passover, they did. If nobody wanted to honor God, they did. And you know what the Lord did? He says, I'm not going to feed you manna anymore. No, he said, I'm not going to give you the same stuff. I'm not going to feed you the same stuff that I gave your so-called parents. I'm going to give you something different. Matter of fact, you're going to eat from the food from the promised land today. That's what he said. He said, you know what, everything I promised mommy and daddy, I'm going to give it to you. After you get finished crying over their grave, uh, come over here because I got something for you. And you start eating from the promises that he made to your parents. All of a sudden, you got your own business. All of a sudden, you got the job that your parents talked about, but they didn't want to obey God. All of a sudden, you start getting the houses that your parents you know, dreamed of, but you living in it. You know that? That's, what, that's, that's what's going to happen here. Their parents just wandered around for 40 years. Never, ever. They sung all the gospel songs you singing. <laughs> yeah, they, say, they know everything about church. Never saw the promised land. It's imperative that we reach the promised land. It's imperative that we score. Your parents, 40 years, they went to high school for 40 years, never scored one touchdown. That's as simple as it is. I mean, it's sad, ain't it? You mean they, they didn't get one touchdown? Man, they played a whole season, never got in the end zone. Not one time? Not one time. But I'll tell you right now, they knew every play. Yeah, they could tell you the play the coach was doing. They, they, they looked real pretty. Their jerseys was right. You know, they had they, they handshakes down like LeBron and them. They were doing the dances and everything. They would get on the field, never scored. Never tasted victory. They were just could have, would have, should have. And that's the decision that you and I are at today. Where are we going? What are we going to do? Because I'm telling you, we all know plenty of believers out there that are just like the parents in the wilderness talk a good game but privately we already know what they do and God is like come out from among them and they're going and listen those people that go to church and still be doing what they're doing they're going to be the first ones to talk about you oh they think they somebody yeah he got a little you know uh junior he going to get the answers right today and everything but you know he ain't nobody he ain't nobody but you know you done changed in your heart because it's an individual thing you start studying your lesson on Monday. You know, you're like, everybody like, what you doing? What you trying to act like you, what you acting like you, you're a little, you know, you was a little hot. So, but you studying your lesson. And you begin to walk it out. And God starts blessing you in your life. He says, you draw nigh to me, and I'll draw nigh to you. And he starts blessing you and blessing you and blessing you. And listen, the enemy is trying to get you to stray away from God. He wants you to be the little lamb that goes on over here. He wants you to run into the big bad wolf, but you're staying on point. Everybody in the room, listen, they understand calling upon the name of the Lord. They understand the covenant. They understand the wedding vows. But they're still down with OPP, and they call you corny because you don't want to go out to the club with them. And you're like, I don't want to live that way. That's not what I came here for. That's not what I wanted. That's not what I hear. I, I'm hearing something different. So you begin to eat differently from them. You know? You, you, you desire something different than they do. And God, I'm telling you, next week we're going to be talking about Jericho. Because you thought the Lord brought you out to give you nice things. And yes, you will get some nice things. But I'm telling you, when the disciples came around Jesus, we were talking about this earlier in Sunday school, he said, I'm going to send you out there because I want you to go fight. And they were like, fight who? 
He's like, I'm giving you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the works of the enemy. They were like, what? He's like, yeah, and I expect you to score. Oh, wait a minute now, Jesus, you're talking about something crazy. My parents ain't never scored, you know what I'm saying? He's like, I expect you to score, and I expect you to score on every single play. It's what is expected of you. And they went out there and they scored. There was one time the man came back and said, hey, I was playing ball with your disciples, man, and they couldn't cast out this demon out the end zone. He kept scoring on them. And they were like, well, Lord, we tried. And the Lord was like, shh, y'all get on somebody's nerves. Watch out. So the Lord took the rock and ran it in on them. And they said, Lord, how come we couldn't run it in? He said, some things don't change. But from fasting and praying. And listen, if your parents, grandparents, children, auntie, uncle, and them refuse to fast, you better take full advantage of that because what the wealth of the wicked is laid up for those that have been justified by the blood of the lamb and take full advantage of it. There are people that refuse to fast. You hear me? They refuse to. But there's nowhere from Genesis to Revelation are people not fasting and praying and calling upon the name of the Lord. It is impossible. I was listening to Dr. Miles Monroe, a friend of mine has said it, said it to me. You know, they sent a little, little preaching clips. And Miles Monroe was like, the only thing that the disciples ever asked of Jesus was, teach us how to pray. It. Teach us how to cross over the Jordan River and have the power that you have. Oftentimes, Jesus would get away and pray. Blessed is the M-A-N, not M-E-N. Okay? Blessed is the man. You could be in the middle of 20,000 people, but you are the only one listening to God. Jesus said, what? We go back to it again. There were many widows in the day, but God only delivered one. What are you going to be? Are you going to be the one or are you going to be the many? And all it takes is a decision in your mind and heart that whatever God asks you to do, that you will do. Because listen, as many as received him, that's John chapter 1, he gave us an opportunity to be sons and daughters. You have the same opportunity that I have, that anybody else out here that Moses had, and everybody else. You got the same opportunity. You can be whatever you want to be in God. So the choice is ours. So crossing over this Jordan River is the most important thing in a believer's life and do not take it for granted because some people are not going to see that and they go to church all the time do you hear me all the time billy graham preached to 200 million people how many of the 200 made it to the jordan river and if somebody told you well only a thousand made it out of 200 million souls how many people crossed over the Red Sea and how many went into the promised land? Come on now. It should have been double the amount. But some just refused. Well, maybe they didn't really understand. No, they refused. Maybe they just didn't know. No, they refused because they went to Bible church. What the, we, we, Like the beginning, the young man talked about, I want to go to Bible school so I can learn more. They were in Bible school for 40 years and never saw nothing. 40 years. You went by, you, look, you ever see people that are professional um, <laughs> students? They just go to school their whole life but never become anything? How many degrees you got, bro? Man, I got 54 degrees. 54 degrees? Yeah. Okay, so where are you working at? <sighs> no, I'm just taking another course. When you going to grow up, bro? When you ever go, when you gonna graduate, when you gonna walk down the aisle? Well, I walked down, I mean, several times and got a diploma, but then I turned around and I just felt I wasn't ready. Oh, okay, so this is your 54th year in school. <laughs> yes. And you have no job. No, sir. Are you still living in mama's basement? Yes, sir. My mom is so proud of me. I got 54 or 53 degrees, I'm sorry, on the wall. Oh, okay. I'm one of the smartest people. You so smart, you ain't got a job. 
you so smart, you still in the basement where you was at when you were five, six years old. You so smart, you ain't got no car, but you can you can ride you can ride public transportation real good. You so smart, whatnot. Women don't want to be with you because you just so smart. You so smart, men don't want to be. You just you just smart. Wow, man, you so smart, you gonna die alone. And what are all them little stuff on the wall gonna do for you then? You can't take them to glory, man. You better do something with them forty years. You better do something with the one year. You got an opportunity. It says the blessings will overtake you. But he's like, but I don't want you to get you confused and everything like that. We're going out here to fight because he said the harvest is already white. He said the laborers. <laughs> he had, he, listen, he had a lot of people come out of Egypt. But he said the laborers are few. I've made a decision to be a laborer. We're walking with the Lord a long time. But sometimes the more we read this book, the more he says, you know what? That's you. And I'm like, don't say it's me. Don't start with me, Lord, this morning. I ain't got time for this. I'm trying to drink coffee. Lord's like, oh, drink your coffee. I just feel like I dropped that on your lap real quick. See what you're going to do with it. Sometimes we don't like what the Lord has to say. Sometimes we don't want to hear that. We, we want to live in our own little bubble, you know, and, 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 and think good about good thoughts about ourselves. Then get around other people that won't challenge us won't challenge us about the things that come out of our mouth. They won't challenge us about the relationships that we have on the side. They won't challenge us about nothing. They rolling right with us, and they, they're part of the, the, of the people that won't cross over. They have no intentions of crossing over because you got to die to yourself. All right? And you have to take up your cross, and you have to follow Jesus. You, they have no intentions of going, and you know what? And they're a cancer in the body of Christ. Yeah, they are. Ain't nobody pushing you. You know what I'm saying? You got an opportunity to go play Division One ball, but your other buddy's like, man, we going out to party tonight, smoke and drink. So now they want you to destroy your body right along with them. When you need to be home, resting, working out, working on your schoolwork, you already know what to do. But you, but you want to be, be with them. Go ahead and be with them. And I tell you right now, I could take you back to the neighborhood, to all the guys that were better than the guys you see on television. But hanging out with the so-called friends was more important. And, you know, that's why it's few and far in between that make it. One percent of all the football players that start off in peewee league end up making it on television. One percent, probably less than one percent. And listen, the guys on TV, I'm telling you right now, could never, ever match the guys that are sitting at home. But they just couldn't get it together. In church, there are probably <laughs> more people in church, probably 1% crossing over. Out of all the churches in the world, 1% crossing over. You think the statistics that we see in sports is no different than the statistics that we see in Christ? He said broad is the way to destruction. He says many there are that go in. But he said narrow is the way unto salvation. He's telling you, and listen, when the Lord says broad, he can see broad. So we have to begin to think. I have to begin to think. You have to begin to think. We need to examine ourselves according to Scripture. And we have a decision to make to either cross this Jordan River or to wander for 40 years. This is a, there's a lot going on in Joshua. Maybe the Lord might just be talking to me. I don't have a problem with that. Because I got up and said, Lord, show me your face. He said, well, <laughs> if you want to see it, <laughs> I'm going to let you see it. But you might not like what you see. You know what I mean? Some people don't like the way Sally walked. <laughs> you know what I'm mm -hmm. But it's real. And the truth ain't always pretty. Hey, if, you want, if you want prettiness, Joel Osteen ain't nothing but a couple of hours away. You can go down there and get all the prettiness you want to. Okay? When you play ball, sometimes you get punched in the mouth. You come to the sideline, they're like, yo, sit out this play, bro. <laughs> but you know what? You're either going to stay on the sideline, you're going to say, coach, I'm ready to go back in. You ready? You sure? Because that boy sure did own you out there. Yeah, I'm going back in. And you know what? You got to go back in. You got to cross that river. And you got to cross it on dry ground. Ain't no mud. We ain't doing no mud tires here, baby. If I got on white Nikes, they, they ain't getting no dirt. I'm going across on dry ground. You hear me? They went across on dry ground. Ain't no mud. So people could testify that, no, they had mud on them. No, they walked across on dry ground. Is that they never ever touched water. God's like, I don't, want, I don't want no excuses. 
and God will take you across. He's going to challenge you with what you trust in. If you're vain enough to trust in your looks or trust in your money or trust in your brain that you can you can think it all through. Yes, yeah, sir. Some more. You know? He's going to challenge us right where we're at. Challenge us right. And listen, the challenges that he's going to challenge me with is different from the challenges that he's going to challenge you with. And he's going to continue to challenge us the rest of our life because he wants the best out of us. All right? It's not by strength nor by might. So don't go to the gym. He says you're going to be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And I'm telling you that if the Lord, if you know in here that the Lord is telling you don't do it, you need to stop doing it right now and repent and get it out your life. Because there is too much God has for us. Okay? He has too much for us. Too much. All right? And he's calling us to be overcomers. All right? That's all I have. Anybody else got anything by their heart? Besides water, I see Cammy wanted water. <laughs> Anybody else? I'm telling you, man, this thing is pushing me. I pray that it pushes you back. I pray that it, it wakes us up. We ain't been together for a couple of weeks. We might have been slipping. Some of us might have been tiptoeing backwards a little bit. But we all push forward to get here today. And I'm telling you, man, next week, <laughs> he's going to show us some Jericho stuff. But if we can't get this Jordan River down, Man, that, that Jericho is something that you'll never, Jericho will always be shut up. And every time you conquer something, do you know to the victor comes what? The spoil. Oh, yes, it does. Yes, it does. So that's all I have today. So keep uh, keep everybody in prayer. Keep me in prayer. Keep me in prayer because, you know, that land, I want it. I'm in the second half of my life. I don't know what half of my life I'm in. I might might die tomorrow. I don't know. <laughs> but there's some things that I want, and there's some things that I want to do while I'm still young. You know what I'm saying? And I got I got a uh, breath in my body. You know, I could still play some football if I want to. I may not be as fast, but I got some juke moves. You know, <laughs> I can still catch with glasses on. And if you still got breath in your body, listen, man, we ain't done building, conquering, changing our community changing our families all right amen amen it's real out here hey baby cakes and we just gotta we gotta keep reading we gotta keep trusting god all right so pray with me i'm as i'm i'm praying with you guys um about you know houses and land pray with me about houses and land i want to see you come up you know um i just want to i want to see you get everything so let's change our mentality and let's go possess the land. Let's go possess it. And listen, it says the blessings will overtake you. That means that you're like, man, I ain't got even room for this. And that way you can start giving some stuff away. Man, I got seven cars. I was praying just for one. I got seven. Yo, does anybody need a car? And people looking at you crazy because you're giving them away. But the blessings will overtake you. I was talking with the mechanic. I was talking to this black guy. Roderick, real good people. I keep telling him, I, see not, uh, he, I think he tried to call you. Yeah, he wants to go over and uh, see about your cars. I told him, I said, Rod, I said, they, they, they need to be running, man. So he's like, okay, Mark, I'm, I'm, you know. He told me he had you were texting back, but he's ready to go over, take a look at him, see what, what can be done, and, uh, and uh, it ain't costing you nothing, all right? Do you understand what I'm saying? It ain't costing you nothing. Well, I'll give you the number because Pop over here sleeping or whatnot. You got to go. You got to get your own. Because <laughs> Thomas, he might be like, man, I'm, I meant to call him, but he called me yesterday. He's like, yo, man, ain't, ain't nobody. You know, I said it'd be all right. But sometimes y'all got to look. You know, you look in your own pocket, look at your own bank account, be like, I'll get with him next week. But it ain't cost you nothing for that brother to come over and look at it and to see if he can get it running. Is it salvageable? Can it be turned around? You know. And I told him, I said, man, I got some other plans for you, Roderick, if, if it's okay with the Lord. You know. And, uh, and, you know, that brother man right there, you never know, he might build a shop with the church. And I, I work every day, so I don't need a, a pastor's salary. But if we can put people on salary that can change a community and change people's lives, could you imagine that? Can you imagine Thomas on salary where all day long? He go around helping people come up. Brothers with mechanics and whatnot, we get cars, fix them up, and give them away to people. 
That way people can, you know, instead of people taking it, because, you know, the car dealership is just people taking advantage of you. We change the community. It may just be one or two people that we change, but the Lord, when, the, when he talked about the pound, when he was talking about the pound, he said, you least could have did something. We need to pre- I need to preach on that one more time. The Lord said, remember the man that went and hid his money in the ground? He wouldn't even do nothing with it. But we may be a small church, you know, but the money that we give, I know y'all love being a blessing to people. If I'm telling you, man, you never know. I'm telling you, the Lord could take that money and say, hey, man, do X, Y, and Z. And next thing you know, man, God done blessed us with something out of the blue that we didn't even know. Because people want to find a place to be able to give to that where people are actually taking the money and going to help somebody. You know that? And we ain't out here to brag or tell nobody what we're doing, but we just need to go do it, be a blessing. You know, I got Rod working on the car out here, Thomas. That car needs to be running. A, a man gave me that car and said, Mark, you know, I believe what you're saying. Take that car right there and, do, and bless a family with it. So I got him coming by and said, you got to get that car running. I made a vow to a man. I got I to finish that vow. You know that? I got to finish that. We finish our vows. You make a vow to the Lord, you finish it. You understand that? This ain't no way you just, oh, well, Lord, you know my heart. Yeah, I know your heart is wicked. That's what happened to Ananias and his wife. They, God had blessed them. The blessings were overtaking them, and they, they made a vow to the Lord and pulled back. God said, man, I ain't got time for this. He doesn't have time for it. If, when we cross over, you better have a circumcised heart because God is going to hold you to that. It ain't like the marriages that we throw away. This ain't Hollywood. This is a real, live creator of the whole universe, the one that keeps our hearts steady at night. You hear me? The one that the one that makes everything, the, the, the sun and the moon, do what it does, and the earth is spent. The one that created everything. You're talking to the creator. You're just not talking to a person. He is the most high God, and we're going to see him one day, and I hope he got a smile on his face. <laughs> you know? Well done. I'm like, all right, all right, good. We good, then. I don't care what you say after that. When you say well done, I'm good. Now, he might got some other things to say. I'm, I'm, I'm in, Lord. Am I in? Yeah, you in. Come on in. You know how it is when you make the team to coach it, but you're going to work hard. Yeah, I'll run suicides. Go, let me get on the squad. Give me a jersey. I got the jersey, Jamil. I'm in. Once I get in, you ain't got. You can laugh at me all you want, but I'm on the squad. You know, I may be on the bench, but I'm, I'm on that bench looking good, though, with a good jersey on, tucked in. They can get mad. You know, people get mad, but I made it. Let people get mad when you cross over that river. Let people get mad when you cross over the river and you're getting the blessings. They ask you how. You know how I did it. I stopped messing around. I stopped taking God for granted. In relationships, you know, it's good when you see people turn around and stop taking people for granted and start doing what they promised them they were going to do. You're like, no, he used to be, but she used to be, but now they, they, man, I ain't never seen him out here in the streets no more. He doing what he got to do. That's, you know, we love the movies when the person turns around and starts living right. Well, this ain't Hollywood. This is real life. You can turn it around and start living right. Do right by yourself and do right by other people. Whatever value you make to them, fulfill it. If you can't, man, tap out and move on. Stop wasting people's time. That's the worst thing somebody say when you see somebody say, man, they just wasted my time. They wasted my years believing in them. You're looking at somebody in the face, oh, I'm going to do this for you. The whole time, you never had any intention. It was just all words. And we got to move past words. And we got to walk this thing out, okay? And I don't want God to be... We need to change. When we change, God's message is going to change. <laughs> the message is conducive to who we are. That's where the message comes to. Now, we go to another church, you might hear another message. But this message right here, the Lord says, I got plans for you. I got, I got precious promises on the line. The Lord says, I believe in you. And he's not putting on us, on, on us anything that we can't handle. So what he's asking us to do, we already know. We already know what we got to do. Let's go work it out, okay? Come on, let's pray. Lord, thank you for the wonderful opportunity. And I pray, Lord, that just me, myself, that I don't blow it. Giving us too much. It's not even, life ain't based on the color of my skin or how much money I have. It's based on my relationship with you and my respect uh, for you and your ways and your covenant to walk it out. And it be a blessing to my brothers and sisters. To love you with all of my heart, mind, and soul. And love my brothers and sisters as myself and not to dog nobody. So, Lord, we hear you today and what you're asking us to do. And it's not hard. It's a decision to make. So, Lord, um, don't forget everybody that we've been praying for. Don't forget about, I've been praying about Sister Carol and getting her, her house. You know, I don't want to see her going down the road out there. I like her being in town. I like her being happy with a smile on her face. I miss Sheila the same way. 
Chris and, and, and Corinthia. I want to see them in their own place living their life. All right? I just want to see everybody blessed. I want to see the kids blessed. Bless their parents. Bring everybody back to church. Bring everybody back to you. That's our prayer. We don't know how you're going to do it. 